Hi, everyone. We have not been in touch lately, mostly because of all the things happening related to COVID and me moving from Dubai to the U.S. during quarantine. But I do want to take time to kind of set up this episode. This is an episode that we recorded related to how do you communicate during a crisis as it relates to COVID. And for many of you who don't know, I'm in Minnesota. I'm in Minneapolis where the George Floyd murder took place. And so I do want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, context is everything when you start listening to the episode and how we really want to make sure that we are taking this time as individuals to look inward on ourselves and ask questions to ourselves and how we can be better and how we can do better and how we collectively as humanity can really push for more equity uh, amongst all humanity and, and essentially with black lives. And, and one of the things that I've obviously in, in looking inward and thinking is really kind of putting together some guidelines for businesses and brands on how they should be thinking about how to communicate in times like this that is authentic to who they are. And really wanted to make sure that I set this episode up talking about crisis communications as it relates to COVID, um, but also acknowledge the fact that um, we're in a different world now and we need to do better. And I hope that you guys can take something away from this episode that adds value to you. so long. I haven't talked to you since we all went into quarantine and just, uh, I left Dubai to be with my family during this time. And then just trying to figure out my whole schedule, um, in touch daily with everyone back in Dubai. Can't wait to get back there. Hopefully in September after the summer, I want to talk about a couple of exciting things, but before we do that, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay as well. I mean, it's a lot of rejigging and figuring out, um, how things will work obviously you know we're no longer in the studio we're all kind of set up a mini home studio for the moment it's an odd time right like we're all still i think trying to figure out and and understand really what kind of impact all of this will have it's fascinating to see how quickly we're able to adapt to things and figure out how to make technology work in our favor in ways that we never thought were possible and I think for me, um, I'm just floored and wowed by the way that people respond to situations, including my own, like I like things I didn't think I thought were necessary in my life have become super important, things that I thought were essential are completely not essential anymore. So I think this whole process is allowing us to learn a lot about each other and ourselves which i'm just super super grateful for i don't think any of us thought possible just from a from a consumption behavior point of view uh that if we if we block out all the entertainment and we don't see our i mean obviously we're all in touch with our friends but um taking away what we thought were very weekly things and not having it for like nearly a month now yeah i mean i, I one of my favorite favorite books and i i gift it to a lot of people is called essentialism I'll put a link into the book, which talks about like how to, what's the most essential things in your life, how to do things that are the most essential and of value to you. And we'll talk more about value um, in another episode, but I just wanted to, to emphasize like just what we're witnessing in history. This comes along once every hundred years is a time we're not going to get back again. And so I think, you know, a lot of people want to take advantage of it to their benefit, but safety comes first. So there's a lot of people that are, suffering. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs. 
and it's leading to a lot of uncertainty. And, and when we think about uncertainty, it's what we don't know. But uncertainty can also have a lot of benefits, right? And so I want to kind of focus on those types of things. And then we're going to talk a little bit about crisis communications today's episode. But like thinking about, you know, the things that are uncertain in our life, like what's going to happen? When are things going to go back to a normal? When can we travel again? When can we hug our friends? When can we socialize again? We have a lot of uncertainty about what's happening, about what we don't know. But there's a lot of things that we are certain about. We are certain about our health. You know, what are we eating? Are we sleeping? Are we moving? Uh, we're certain about our mindset. Like we can be certain about how do we spend our time, about how do we deal with change? Like I am uncomfortable. I'm not gonna tell you like, oh, this is the greatest thing. I'm just growing and becoming, you know, into leaning into all my hobbies. And no, I mean, it's a lot of changing of routines and cycles and ways of living and working that we're all adjusting to. and. And so it does cause people anxiety and make you worry. And I'm no different in that realm as well. But it also forces you and forces me to look inward in my life, like things are like saving money. And are you clean and organized in your house? Do you have things that you don't need? Are you prepared if, you know, a crisis happens? But I think the one thing I want to kind of highlight for people is to look at the, the value of uncertainty. Uncertainty makes us creative. Uncertainty allows us to grow. Like, I mean, there's so many countless examples. Um, I mean, you, I'm sure you can rattle off a ton of like how uncertainty has made us creative is one of the greatest gifts we're gonna get out of this thing. So I think the first couple of weeks, I think a lot of people, as you mentioned, were just feeling uncertain, anxious, didn't know, again, as you mentioned, timeline, like nobody really can say with any certainty, um, you know, how long we have to do this for. And so when you start adapting to that, when you start realizing that, okay, I've got to align myself because this could get, this could last a few months. Um, how do I make like all my, line up all my ducks in a row? So whether that's finance, whether that's just being organized at home, work life, uh, that's when you start you start moving forward. Yeah, because once we get past the state the stage of sort of like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of like feeling safe, like once we pass that triage phase, you're able to to realize you're free from distraction. You have time to be more creative. You can pick up hobbies you always wanted to pick up. You can lean into the things you're passionate about. Uh, there's a huge resurgence in nostalgic brands and nostalgic things like doing puzzles and, you know, sitting around a campfire. Um, pet adoption is up globally, I mean, which is really showing the hearts and minds and people have an empathy for animals and, and their place in this whole thing. And, and people are literally living online. Like yesterday, I found out one of my friends, she got married over Zoom. She had the imam there, she had her parents, she had his parents, they had all the family members around the world that couldn't travel in, and they, you know, had an online wedding ceremony. I mean, you've seen online, you know, happy hours and, you know, birthday parties and stuff like that. The main message here is just the uncertainty can make us more creative and help us grow and try to, um, what I say, seek the silver lining, like seek the things that could be good that come out of this. I know that there's so much pain and angst and suffering and sadness, but there are some things that we can control and that is the things that we can be the most useful for and add the most value for.
So the second thing I'm going to talk about now is, um, you know, how do businesses and companies and brands handle crisis communications in a time like this? You know, did we, are we done with the crisis comms? Should we do something else now as a business or a brand? And so I really think that, you know, in observing, like I'm a process thinker. I like to observe what people are doing. I like to see how brands are responding, how companies are acting. And when we get through this or we pass this phase of quarantine and self-distancing or social distancing, we will be on the other end of it. We'll really be able to judge how businesses and brands handled the situation. So first things first is thinking about good karma. Like how can we make conscious decisions as consumers about supporting companies and brands that do the right thing, that show uh, good karma in, in times of bad, so that when times are good, we end up being more loyal to those brands, more conscious about, you know, investing our consumer dollars behind brands that we think did the right thing. So the first thing is we always tell, um, you know, clients and companies is be proactive in your communication. So communicate early and often is the rule, right? So try to be super proactive about communicating what your business or your brand is doing in this situation. And, and be transparent. Like I think a lot of companies now are valuing the uh, the the idea of being transparent. And even if they're still trying to figure it out, because again, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We still don't know when is this going to end. We don't know if basketball games are going to come back, if business is going to open, if travel is going to be changing the way it used to be. So even if we're still trying to understand the extent of the problem, when we don't always have the answers because we don't have visibility on where it's going next, be transparent about that. Like just say, you know what, this is the decision we are making in the company based on the information we have today, based on the data we have today. We the, the situation is obviously fluid for many people, many countries, many industries, many service sectors, product sectors. So be transparent about what you know, when you know it, and how you're delivering that message based on the information you have at that time. And I think one of the biggest questions that I'm hearing from businesses in general is, uh, you know, we had these plans, some of them were able to do, when can we, for example, celebrate milestones? When can we do that again? Is it okay? Is it insensitive to try and put out something that's happier, um, even at a time like this? And I think this is where I think a lot of people are sort of struggling and trying to just figure out and learn from others. That's perfect. That actually leads to my third point, which is show empathy. Like, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the people. They have a lot of anxiety. They have a lot of uncertainty. So don't be tone deaf. Like, you know, lead with how are you? How is your family? How are you safe? Do you know, those are the types of things that companies and brands, like it's not appropriate for you to be uh, talking about promotions and pay raises when a lot of people are losing their jobs, right? It's not the time to be talking about, um, things that are not of use to people right now. So the fourth point I was gonna say was try to be useful. So think about like the incredible, incredible flexibility that some of these companies and brands have shown on how they can be useful. So for example, LVMH, luxury goods, Louis Vuitton, you know, luxury handbags, shoes, clothing, you know, People are gonna be spending money on luxury goods now. So what are they doing? They're using their factories that make perfume to make hand sanitizer. 
They're finding a way to be useful. General Motors, a lot of people aren't going out there buying cars. They're, create, they're, they're manufacturing ventilators. These are businesses that are finding ways to be useful. Christian Dior is making masks. They have factories that create clothing. Why can't they create things that are useful to people? So they decided to do that. Uh, Gap is now making uh, gowns and uh, scrubs and clothing that they actually need for the healthcare workers. So businesses need to find a way to be useful, to add value, and to be relevant based on what consumers are talking about and need today. I think one of the other things too, Shirag, that I, I just would love to highlight for brands that are thinking about, well, how should I be communicating and how should I be focusing, you know, my brand message or media buying or communication strategy. And and the main idea is to focus where people's attention is going, right? So you see like a lot of adoption and use of TikTok. People are now have time to figure out TikTok. That's growing exponentially. Uh, people have time to be consuming more content on, on platforms like Netflix and, and those types of content streaming applications. So trying to figure out what kind of content, long form content can you be thinking about creating to put on your YouTube channels and, and get more views on, on really creating content that people want to see. The third thing is like, if you don't know anything about esports or gaming and you haven't really thought that's something you should be leaning into. Is that through a player, a team, a platform, uh, a, a type of game of a Fortnite or a Call of Duty, or is it, uh, you know, one of the basketball ones or, you know, finding out where your voice can be and where you should be communicating as a brand. You should always start by thinking about where is people's attention going and how can you be part of that conversation? How can you be part of that movement, especially if it's only going to continue to grow an upramp? The second kind of pillar on the kind of crisis communications I wanted to talk about was having a SWAT team within your organization or a pandemic leadership team, having a core group of people that are communicating on a regular basis at a very high level within your company um, that is made out of cross-functional team members that are, are kind of reviewing all points of the business on a regular basis. So in order to be putting out communications, you have to understand the business from angles you probably never communicated or coordinated with before. So what do we have in terms of contracts? What do we have in terms of uh, supply change? What kind of freelancers are we still working with? What commitments did we make down the road for later this year or next year or bookings that we made that we may need to shift or cancel? So having sort of a pandemic leadership team or some sort of cross-functional team, communications should be part of that, looking at all aspects of the business to make sure you're thinking about, oh, we have an intern program that we were supposed to have this summer. What are we going to do about that? How do we convey to the interns that we're not going to have the program? Are we able to do it virtually? Are we not able to do it virtually? How can we still add value to those students? Should we promise them next year? Should we try to figure out a way to do an online version, only shorter? Like having that leadership team look at review of everything that has to do with people, product, service, supply chain, you know, contracts is, is really, really important. The third thing that I, I would like to highlight in looking at crisis communications, because we always talk about what's going on to our customers and our suppliers and externally focused, and I'm, I'm so happy that internal communications is finally gonna be put on the pedestal it deserves. 
I am a huge, huge believer and proponent of internal communications. And a lot of companies invest in having a communications manager or PR manager or someone to do outbound communications. And it often gets neglected. It's sort of the unsung hero of communications is internal comms. Your employees are your most valuable asset, let alone the fact that they're your brand biggest and best brand ambassadors because they have friends and families and they talk to other customers. So thinking about if you don't have an internal communication strategy in your company now that is robust and multidimensional, now is the time to get one in place and really invest in that infrastructure. So that infrastructure could be formal or it could be informal. So things like emails, uh, newsletters, hosting a live all hands with the CEO or departments should host all hands with their team members having one-on-one -on -one meetings and check-ins with them. You know, Slack is, a, is an informal channel that a lot of people like to use, uh, WhatsApp groups, text messages, making sure there's some infrastructure in place that promotes two-way communication internally in your company so that they understand what's happening. So, I mean, once you have that internal comms infrastructure, like, what are you gonna say? What is the content that should go to them? One is you should give them information, like they need to know what are we doing? What's the company's policies? What's our plans? And then make sure you describe um, the steps that you're going through. Like these are the decisions we're having to evaluate. These are the things that we're looking at as a business. And then the most impactful leaders and companies that really master internal communications describe how decisions are being made. Describe the fact that you're gonna have to make trade-offs and what those trade-offs involve. Because keeping them in the dark doesn't let them understand the complexity of the issue. So this is something I learned a lot in the Middle East in working, especially in Egypt. I don't remember which manager taught me this, but basically said, don't, sometimes like there's a problem. And so you just put your head down and you sit and work on it. And you don't wanna come up for air until you figured it out and solved it. And my boss told me, don't do that. What you should do is tell me early and often, like, hey, I'm running into a roadblock. This is a challenge that we're trying to figure out. We got people on it, we're working on it, but I just want you to be aware. And by engaging that person in the problem and letting them know you're struggling to get to something that's gonna end up benefiting more people, really helps empower that person that you're part of the decision-making process or you end up showing more empathy for the situation the company's being put in by having to make those trade-offs and decisions. So engaging the employees or at least describing to them how decisions are being made and what trade-offs you're making as a company really helps them understand the complexity of an issue and their role in it. And if you remember, like when you did your, uh, your sort of 2020 outlook, episode that we, we launched in January. Um, it's one of the things you had initially highlighted at which point, of course, we didn't have, um, or it was, uh, you know, uh, the coronavirus was not as this, at the scale that it is now, but it's something you highlighted that 2020 needs to be oh, the yeah. year of internal com sure. communications, isn't it? So it's just interesting now that like, if, if those steps have been followed or even if they haven't, now is the time to get it right. That's awesome. Last piece on this internal comms is be timely. Like an absence of information or having a vacuum makes people worry. Like why hasn't the 
company sent out an email or why don't we know what our policies are? That might make people nervous. While you may be busy, you know, fluttering underwater, swimming as fast as you can to try to get a solution for your employees or your company or your business, you know, above water, they need to see what's happening. So just try to be you know, timely about not keeping them in the dark too long because that just leads to rumors and uncertainty and anxiety and stuff like that. So just those are kind of like the big, big picture things on um, internal comms. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Like, you know, I remember when when all of this started opening up, um, one of the things, I mean, my inbox was flooded with newsletter updates from every company about what they were doing. And there were parts of it, I remember, where it seemed like the focus was so heavy about communicating with customers or other people on the mailing list. And it just made me wonder, you know, like, have you guys sorted stuff internally first? Do your employees actually know what you guys are setting out? Or is it, are you just trying to make a statement that you're doing something? Um, where a lot of a lot of those initial notices especially came out basically just saying, uh, yeah, we're working towards a plan to to move people remotely. Um, and for me, at least when I was reading that, I was like, okay, I would have been happier if you just told me you took away, you took an extra week, got everybody remotely, and then told me about it because that was more important than than communicating with me about that internal change. Yeah, and actually, you just segued into my fourth point on uh, crisis communications, and that's customer communication. So remember when uh, they had that whole, what was that thing with the privacy policy changed in the EU, the data compliance thing, and we got all these emails from every single company about how they were changing their data privacy. What was that? I don't launched, remember. It was something launched, in Europe. Uh, Anyways, GDPR, yeah. yeah, GDPR. So it was sort of like the same thing that you were just mentioning where all these companies are setting out emails to kind of, you know, explaining how they're changing their policies, extending their hours, waiving their fees, uh, making sure that they're compliant with the COVID restrictions and guidelines to make sure that your product and service is healthy and, you know, decontaminating in whatever way that your business applies to your business. So customer communication is key and make sure you explain to them how it impacts them, what steps they can take, Make sure you communicate how they can reach you. And if you have a problem and you're unable to, you know, solve it, what are some of the options and opportunities you have making it easy for the customer to take action to reach out to you? And then last but not least on the crisis comms is my fifth point, which is leading with empathy. And I think, you know, I've been watching, you know, Gary do this so well, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, like, he leads with empathy. He starts with that first. Like his business, you know, might be having to make a lot of adjustments and changes and it's a lot of uncertainty, but he's just like cares about people first. And leading with empathy makes such a big difference of leading with heart, making sure your people feel safe, making sure people are secure, making sure that you are showing that empathy. And in the beginning of this conversation, I talked about good karma. And when you see these businesses and brands doing outstanding things during this time of COVID, when this is over, don't you think you're going to want to be loyal to that business or brand because you saw how they stepped up and contributed in a way that just showed a lot of heart and empathy? I think I will certainly be changing my hab habits and behaviors on companies that I support based on the ones that are really going out of their way to to be human first and to show empathy first. And, and so I think that's gonna be something that uh, 
is going to be more mainstream in our behaviors and how we think as consumers that we can exercise our consumer power. And I think empathy will be a big part of that. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to today's episode. I would be super grateful if you can give me a review and give me some feedback. And don't forget, you can always hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, or send us an email at I am at digitalandsavvy.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.